Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning, everybody, and welcome on in. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Thank you for tuning in as a weird, weird Saturday night. Weird Saturday night at the Hard Rock. For uh, Triller Fight Club dropping in Evander Holyfield against Vitor Belfort. And this is, you know, if you guys don't know the backstory to it on how this all happened, it was an an impromptu, almost an impromptu fight weekend here locally. We've been having a lot of stuff. We've had a lot of stuff here since uh, the pandemic hit. A lot of fights have come down here. But this one was definitely unexpected for a couple of reasons. One, uh, it was supposed to be Vitor versus Oscar De La Hoya. And second of all, it's supposed to be in California. So this um, event kind of just kind of gets sprung over in about a week's time. I was talking to some of the Hard Rock uh, PR people about, you know, just marveling about kind of the week that they had ahead of them to try and get this whole thing set up. Venue looked beautiful. Um, that place is really, really nice for fights. I mean, it's 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 a theater. So it's literally like everybody walks out the same side, but. It, you know, basically three quarters of it can be encapsulated. And it's a really nice venue to watch fights. I've seen bare knuckle there. I've seen mixed martial arts there. I've seen boxing events there. Um, and yeah, it's not that typical where every side of the ring is surrounded like in other fight venues. But the the, the new Hard Rock Live is a, is really really nice in uh, in watching events. So let's just get to the uh, the event, the main event that is, because I will get into some of the other stuff that went about all the theatrics and you know all the atmospheric stuff that was going on but i just want to get to the main event between evander holyfield and vitor belfort um there's a couple of things i told you guys a couple of weeks ago that i thought vitor looked really really good live and in person i mean i got a chance to watch him work out in the gym uh very fond of his trainer Derek, and i just thought that vitor looked really really good um Looked a little bit rejuvenated, but he looked fantastic and looked like he was uh, was raring to go against Oscar De La Hoya. I actually liked his chances. I thought that he was going to probably look really, really good. Um, I had not seen Evander um, other than some Instagram photos and him looking really good with his shirt off. And, you know, just if you thought like he was doing boxing posters, you'd be like, man, Vander looks really, really good. But we had never seen any video, you know. And this is the interesting thing because this debate came up this week, and I want to address it before we get into the fight. Because Evander's 58, and a lot of this stuff, a lot of you were asking me about Evander Holyfield, people at work, because people were intrigued by it. Um, 
more people were asking me about this than they were about the Oscar De La Hoya thing. You know, a lot of people at work will ask me about fights and, and things that are coming back. And people were stopping and saying, man, Evander's, Evander's coming back? Like, why is this happening in boxing? And I think it, one of the big reasons to blame is you have Mike Tyson. And I don't mean that as a slight at Mike, but Mike came back looking absolutely amazing and it's a little bit strange because Mike had, we had seen, you know, we're so fascinated by Mike Tyson and we are so uh, in on whatever he does. And he has really just been on so many arcs in his career between, you know, I'm, I'm more talking about since the boxing has ended and the whole spinal injury and all that type of stuff, but the, um, you know, being in the hangover and the one man show and the weed farm and the podcast. And then, you know, we started to see him get back into to shape because, you know, Mike Tyson was really out of shape when he was doing a lot of this entertainment stuff. And then he just comes back and he looks really, really good on these Instagram videos. I mean, like, looks like an absolute savage. And, you know, people are intrigued by it. It just got, it captivated the audience. They want to say, hey, man, Mike Tyson looks pretty good. Looks like he's still got something in the tank. With Evander, we hadn't really seen that. You know, I know that Evander had been working out and, you know, he works out at the, the heavyweight factory down here. And physically, Evander had looked really, really shredded, looked really, really good. But we hadn't seen any viral video that had come out of Evander Holyfield like we had with Mike Tyson. You remember the, you know, with uh, with Rafael Cordero, the video where, you know, just Mike Tyson just looked like an absolute beast. And people were into seeing him. And then the fight came back against Roy Jones Jr., another legend. And Mike looked like he had taken it seriously. And Roy really didn't. And, and you know, people, it ended up being a draw. But it was an exhibition. You could just tell amongst gentlemen that those guys had not really agreed to go fully at each other the way that they probably could have. But it was enough. We were like, hey, you know what? Mike Mike's look, Mike looks pretty good. Roy doesn't look like he trained for this for a day. But we got to see Mike Tyson back in the ring, and it did really good business, report said. And once that happened, this kind of opened the floodgates for everything else. Remember, that was also the night where Jake Paul knocked down Nate Robinson and that whole snowball happened. But that night, in particular for Triller, really set the trajectory for where we are now with a lot of this stuff, where... Jake Paul is the hottest name in the sport, and you have all of these old heads coming for boxing and, and trying to grab at any little thing that will get them what one last payday. Um, you know, but I think the thing that's fascinating about it is that night gonna be just one flash in the pan, or is that really gonna be something that is sustainable? And I think really for Triller, it's turning out to be just a flash in the pan. Because I think for tonight, this was about as disgraceful as a night as they could put on. You had a 58-year-old in the ring, okay? And you can say to yourself, hey, what is the magic age where guys shouldn't be doing this anymore? Tyson's 54, 55 years old. He can do it, but Evander Holyfield can't. Yeah, you want to know something? Sometimes you got to know when guys can fight and when they can't. And when a state says, hey, we're not clearing Evander Holyfield. Maybe that should be the first look at it. And I thought the Florida State Boxing Commission really embarrassed itself tonight by allowing this fight card to happen. And I know that it's been great. Business has probably been booming for them because everybody and their mom is coming down here to put on a fight card. So great. They're getting a bunch of 
sanctioning fees and all this type of stuff. Great. I'm, I'm very happy for a lot of people there. Cause there are some good people that I like in the Florida state boxing commission. Um, but to clear this fight for Evander Holyfield was disgraceful. It really was, man. Um, we got to use our head with some of this stuff. Like, for example, I'm at the weigh-in the other day, and their broadcaster, the guy who's doing the interviews afterwards, is talking to Evander Holyfield and asking him just some simple, you know how that always works. You hear Joe Rogan afterwards when he's, ah, tell us what's going to happen. Oh, I'm going to kill that guy, blah, 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 blah. All right, tune into the pay-per-view. And he asks Evander Holyfield three questions, and you can't understand what he's saying. You can't. And I, I know Evander has his good days and his bad days because I've had days where, you know, I've had t- interaction with Evander Holyfield. I'm talking, guys, I'm talking years ago, booking him for radio shows, like 10 years ago. And there are times you can't understand a word Evander's saying. He's just, he's he's got the the he, he he sounds like he's been through a lot of boxing wars and so okay he looks like a greek god he looks unbelievable he always has he is a genetic freak he is always going he is he is always going to be shredded he'll be 70 and probably be shredded but just because he looks shredded does not mean he should be in a boxing ring so i'm at this weigh in hearing him speak and I can't understand a word he's saying and I'm I'm 10 feet from him and I don't know what he's saying in response to these guys so that was by the way in step two of when I was like this shouldn't be happening because I watched the open workout I could have gone I ended up not going to the open workout the day beforehand because I had been doing so many things this week between the Dolphins and I went down to uh, I went down to Miami to watch Jordanus Ugas get the key to the city. And so I was just like, you know what? Open workout, Evander Holyfield. I'll pass on that one. I'll go to the weigh-in. And I watched this video of Evander Holyfield hitting mitts. And look, dude, I'm no boxing expert. I'm not a I, – I never, I never paint myself as that. I love the sport. I am around the sport a lot. Um but I do know what good boxers look like because I've I've been around enough of them to know that guy looks really good. That guy has true talent, or and that guy has no business being here. And I've been around enough boxing to know when it's reached that level. I don't even think you have to be around as much boxing as I am to know Evander Holyfield looked really really slow hitting these mitts with John David Jackson. Like he looked. R- alarmingly slow and he should he's pushing 60 so i like i told this to leroy he goes yeah he should he's 60 so i when i saw that video and i'm watching that i'm like i i don't think this fight should be happening anymore like it was all right in theory i was like all right well he looks good and i i'd never look i'm usually in the camp of i don't like telling these fighters when they can't uh what terms they can't go on. I honestly think the fighter should, you, they always say save the fighter from themselves. I think that the fighter should have more say in that than anybody else. Um, so like Anderson Silva tonight, you know, if Anderson Silva can get a fat check boxing and, and can beat the Holy hell out of Tito, good for him. If, you know, Vitor Belfort can get a paycheck at 44 years old, um, against Oscar. Good for him. But, there's got to be some certain cases where we're like, hey, 
this is an awful idea. Let's have a Vander Holyfield as an ambassador. And I'm sure Vander Holyfield got nice money for this for Triller. And whatever they paid him, they probably should pay him double for just, hey, we really shouldn't have put you in that position tonight. Because they embarrassed him. They disgraced the sport. And something really, really bad could have happened. And shame on the Florida Boxing Commission for allowing this fight to happen. And by the way, you're lucky to have a referee like Sam Burgos, who, who was the only one who had a brain cell that seemed to be functioning in that building tonight. Um, because at least he saw what was coming, which was Evander Holyfield falling flat on his face, nearly out of the ring by throwing a punch, getting hit with some shots, going down very quickly, and thankfully, thankfully realizing, hey, Vitor is not playing games here. This is not an exhibition. Vitor is not here to uh, play cutesy with the legend. He's here to make him look bad, and he wants to make a lot of money in boxing. And that's fine. I'm not blaming Vitor for that. But this isn't like it wasn't like it was with Roy Jones and Mike Tyson, where there was this clearly a gentleman's agreement. Hey, let's just make this look good. Yeah, people just want to see us. No, no, no. Vitor's not there to play games, dude. He's not there to play games. He's there to make a statement. He clearly has big goals. He's calling about, he's, you know, calling out Jake Paul afterwards for a 25 million winner take all fight. This this guy clearly wanted to make some kind of a, a statement. He wanted the viral moment of knocking out Evander Holyfield. I'm not blaming Vitor. I'm not. You know, I get it. You, you got to go out there and, and you got to, you know, make your money and fine. But, but, but Evander being in there was just so wrong on so many levels, man. He just, he doesn't have the facilities to do that anymore. He's taken too many punches already in his career. He sounds like a guy who's been through a ton of wars. He looks slow. The only argument is, hey, the guy looks good on a boxing poster anymore. And for Trilla to do this fight was deplorable tonight. And, you know, I was ringside. And I'm just like, ah, how bad is this? How bad is it? I really was thinking to myself, ah, how bad is this going to be? You know, it probably is not going to be that bad. Maybe Vitor doesn't look that good at boxing. You know, maybe he stinks. But I did know what I saw the other day when I saw him. And I'm like, hey, Vitor looks pretty good. Vito looks like he can crack. I think I, when I, at the time I'm thinking to myself, Oscar Dillahoy might have a little bit of a a handful on his uh, have have his hands full with him. Um, but yeah, it just it, it just bums me out. It bums me out because um it happened in our state. It bums me out because I'm 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 bummed out. First of all, I'm bummed out that Evander Holyfield's in this situation. That a guy who is in some of the most famous pay-per-views of all time and had a great fortune is in the position where he has to take a fight like this because of what it means financially to him. Um, and it's just, it was just a bad night all around. And for Triller, look, man, there's some, there's some people I really like, you know, who work with and around Triller. I, I think this train's a stopping for them, man. I really do. I don't think that they got a place in this sport. I, I really don't. Unless they can somehow rope Tyson back in for something. And I think this was kind of their play. They were hoping Evander Holyfield was going to look good. And then they could get to the path of doing the third Tyson fight. And they would do a gazillion dollars and all this type of stuff. They're calling out Jake Paul for 35. You, what are you guys doing? You're calling out Jake Paul. You know he's got to deal with Showtime. I never get this. What is this? Oh, 35 million uh, winner take all. Hey, he's with Showtime now. It's over. 
It's a, it, hey, it's just like boxing with everybody. It's over. He's not coming over to fight you. Um, if anything, you know, Vitor is probably going to go over to, to Showtime to fight him. It, 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 if I had to guess, but the, oh, we're calling out the Paul brothers. All right, is that how every night ends now? Every night just ends with somebody calling out. This guy called out Jake Paul. Like, what was this? The most ridiculous call out night. We had the v, we had Vitor calling out Jake Paul, and we had David Hay calling out Tyson Fury. Are you effing kidding me, David Hay? Look, dude, if you want to come down to South Florida and fight, fight Shannon Briggs. I've been waiting for that fight forever. You guys hate each other. You're in the same age range. Um, you know he'll actually try and fight other other than dude who fought you tonight. Uh, it's perfect for Triller. He can play the bad guy, do it in London, do it here, whatever. F- I, fight Shannon Briggs. The only good part of tonight was Anderson Silva, Tito Ortiz. Because that's perfect. Same age, two MMA guys, two legends. They're in a boxing match. They're great. Their MMA days are behind them. No chance for a little, uh, no, no chance for them sleeping all over each other like a snooze fest Bellator match. They're going to throw hands. Let's see what he's got. And Anderson Silva, what does he do? Gives you a viral knockout. That's what I came here to see. I was having a great time when that happened. Fantastic. So, you know, props to them for making that fight. And I'll tell you another thing. Forget this Paul brother nonsense. Paul brothers, you know, have Vitor and have Anderson fight each other. You don't think that you'd get a, I think you'd get a, a big MMA hardcore fan base. If that was part of a card, it's one of the most famous knockouts in UFC history. Now that they they have a so you have a storyline behind it. Now Anderson can't use his can't use the vaunted kick. They got to settle up the 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 score in the ring. Story writes itself. Story writes itself. Paul brothers. Oh, they were saying today afterwards in the press conference. Oh, have Logan fight me and have Jake fight Vitor. Why? I mean, the, the 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 fight, you know, the Paul brothers, first of all, like part of the allure, which I also think is waning, by the way. I think after the, the Tyron Woodley fight, I do think it waned. And I give Jay credit for winning the fight. But, all right, it's the first fight. You saw him. It's like, nah, this fight's not that great. Seem exposed a little bit. Seems like it's going in the direction of Tommy Fury anyway. Um, But like Anderson Silva, Anderson Silva, Jake Paul. All right, what's that going to turn into? Jake Paul versus Vitor? I don't know. I don't know. I I, I just don't think uh, I, it just it just doesn't do it for me. It really doesn't. Um, I, I think that for me, I, I'd rather see those guys fight each other. If anything, I'd rather see David Hay fight Shannon Briggs, Vitor and Anderson Silva fight each other. Um, it, it's probably not the home run that Triller's looking for. That's their own doing, dude. You can't. You can't have this this model that they've had, right? And I, and I'm sure this is part of the reason they wanted to get into Cambosis and Teofimo Lopez. You can't be in this space of wanting to be in boxing, but you're also the freak show that's doing eight rounds, two minutes, and think that that's going to be sustainable. Um, but also. You know, you can't, you, you know, we, you, you can't be in the spot and think like, hey, this is also going to last very long either. And I think that's kind of where they're at right now. I think they're scrambling. You know, the 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 Cambosis and Teofimo Lopez experiment is in a really bad spot. It was made official. It's going to be 
on a Monday in October. I'll watch it because I have a vested interest in that fight. I like watching Tiafimo Lopez fight. And here's the other thing that's weird. How about this? How about Tiafimo Lopez is on the ESPN broadcast last night or two nights ago on uh, uh, on ESPN. He's not at the trailer fight. He's not uh, doing a drop-in. At least I don't know. I mean, they didn't show the whole broadcast in the building, but uh, I think they announced the fight officially. But that's kind of weird, you know? Um, and, uh, and, and just, yeah, I, I just thought Triller has, I, I really think that the, the clock is starting to run on them as, as a promotion. I really, really do. And I know that there's, you know, the, the, these versus things are a big thing that they're doing and, and, and that boxing is not their sole lane. Um, but I think that they turned off a lot of people tonight. Like, I think people were, I think people in boxing, listen, I'm ready for a renegade. I'm ready for somebody to come in, you know, with, with their own little boxing pirate ship and do things a little bit crazy. I'm into that. I'm into them messing up people's contracts and overspending and making all that type of stuff happen. But they got a lot of knocks against them, man, between the disputes they've had with Tyson, between some fighters complaining about not getting paid the right way. Um, and letting nearly six-year-olds box against juiced-up mixed martial artists. It's just like you got a lot of strikes going against you, and it just doesn't feel very sustainable. Now, look, it's not like the other – and I've talked about this with the Jake Paul thing the other day. It's like boxing deserves blame in this too in that it's allowed everything to get to this point where you're uh, allowing these freak shows to be the most talked about thing in your sport. But, you know, tonight, uh, Triller's got to wear a little bit of shame on this, man. This was this was an absolute disgrace letting Evander Holyfield fight like that. It really was. And it was, uh, it was, it was just, it was not a great feeling being ringside for that. Um, on top of a lot of other things that were weird tonight, but... Yeah, it was one of the weirdest sporting events that I've ever been to. And I use sporting event very loosely. Uh, sports were happening, but there was also a lot of wackiness happening. And, you know, look, they're a social media company. I think that's kind of what they want. I think that if you were to ask Ryan Kavanaugh, what would you rather have? Like Evander Holyfield and uh, Vitor Belfort have a, a classic moment or have a classic back and forth, or would you rather uh, it end with everybody talking about it, even if it meant Vander Holyfield looked like absolute crap? Yeah, if he gets the clicks and he's going to get people tuning in, then uh, yeah, I think he's going to probably get it before it. I don't know. I don't know. But bad night tonight by them. We're back with more after this. Welcome back, everybody. Tolman's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Uh, giving you some more recap of what happened last night. At the uh, the old pay-per-view. So, I, I, you know, I've said all I have to say on the main event. Um, strange night, though, dude. Like, it was it was weird. <laughs> you know, I didn't hear uh, Trump on the commentary. I don't know what he sounded like. So, um, you know, I'll have to probably recap that. I'll have to probably look for some Twitter clips on what things happened because I was ringside. I didn't have it. I actually had the Canes game on in front of me. I didn't even, like, seek it out as, to far, as far as I was concerned. So I can tell you. He wasn't in the, uh, for those who didn't watch, um, he wasn't ringside. They had him up in, like, the Hard Rock has, like, the the theater, the lower section. 
Then they do suites, and then there's an upper section, upper tier, but those were roped off. So he was basically in the uh, he was in the suite, and he was there with uh, Jorge Masvidal. Uh, I think Todd Grisham was there at one point. Junior Dos Santos ended up there. Junior Dos Santos was sitting like two rows in front of me, and then ended up there. Um, and yeah, he was. I mean, look. He got there probably right before the main card started. I will say, look, I'll give you trailer props on this. I love the 7 o'clock start, and I love not stacking a card with a gazillion fights. Uh, they did two little prelim fights, and then did their event and had the performers. I remember, I feel like when I've watched their their uh, their pay-per-views in the past, like they'd have the musical acts go on forever and ever and ever, and you just never get to the fighting. That wasn't the case with this one. It was like, boom, two two songs to start off get to a fight, then two songs, get to a fight, then get to a fight. Uh, then they had one more performance, and then they got to the main event. So I actually thought the timing of the event was really, really good tonight. Um, so I'll give him that. But, yeah, he walks in, and to, to the surprise, I think it was a big reason why there were a lot of people there. There was a huge Brazilian contingent there for sure. So I think, I think Vitor brought in a lot of fans. I think Anderson brought in a lot of fans. Anderson was like, Anderson was definitely the guy I think most people were excited to see in the building, but I think probably number two, uh, or maybe number one, was Donald Trump. Like he got a hero's welcome. People were very, very excited to see the 45th president of the United States. They really, really were. Um, you know, people were chanting "Bleep Joe Biden" on the reg. Um, it, now, like it was, it was, it was like it would get like three strong "Bleep Joe Bidens," and then it would kind of fizzle out like a AAA MVP chant, and then. It was, it was, I think this one I actually did hear from, 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 uh, Donald Trump, where he got on the microphone after Vitor had won his fight against Evander Holyfield and then gave a speech to Vitor. Vitor was very moved. He actually did say the line. I thought it was funny. He's like, he's like, it's like a rally. It's like a rally. He was, he was very excited. You know, anytime everybody gave a shout, you saw him give the fist pump. Um, but yeah, I didn't hear any of his, I didn't hear any of his commentary tonight. I didn't, I don't know. How he was, but he gave uh, he gave a speech that really moved Vitor. And uh, strange, it was funny though. You know, I got there tonight, and uh, I completely forgot about the Trump thing. Like I completely forgot that he was going to be in the building. And you go to these events, and I, I get there early. Uh, you have Leroy said this: they go, oh, "You get there so damn early." And I get there, you know, I get there. I don't know what the situation is going to be now. Normally, the situation is I sit on my ass, I do nothing. And then, you know, I wander the hard rock and I go and get some food because I don't think there was any media catering today. Not that I'm complaining. I'm just saying there wasn't. Uh, so I ended up going to the food court. But when I first went into the building, I, uh, I, I was like, damn, I give my bag to the guy. And the guy is like going through my bag. Now, it really wasn't a big deal to me because not like there was any, there wasn't really anybody behind me. I think there was like one guy who ended up at like the tail end of it. And it wasn't like I was waiting a long time. It's not like I got into line. I was like, oh, man, you know, and I had plenty of time for things to start. So I was fine with the thorough job this gentleman was doing. But he was like, I was like, man, this guy's doing a really, really thorough job. And like, he's like taking the flashlight and he's like scoping in. He goes, what's that on the side? And I have like the way my bag is. I have my backpack that has all my camera stuff. Backslide has my computer. And then there's a side little pocket for the tripod. He goes, uh, what's that? I said, it's a tripod. So I opened it up. He's like looking into the scoping and looking at the in there. To, I'm like, man, thorough job. And uh, and then I really like it just dawns on me as soon as I walk. I was like, oh, a former president's going to be here. There's uh, that's that's the reason the security is so tight. I was like, 
I didn't know. I was just thinking to myself when I originally got to the guy. I was like, man, that guy really takes some pride in his job because normally I'm going to tell you. Listen, you normally go to these places. They're like, what's that? I'm like, yeah, it's camera. And I got some stuff that I I think if you don't know what it is, you're probably like, yeah, that could be a bomb. That could be a bomb, like a, a, a digital quarter, digital quarter, or grenade. I don't know what the difference is. Um, so I'm like, uh, you know, I was just like, man, this guy's really, uh, he's really, really going to town. And then I realized, oh yeah, he probably has to be the, that's probably the instructions. Like, Hey, uh, we're not messing around with bags today. And some people have like even more like diesel bags that they bring in. Like they have it like in like huge plastic equipment that looks like it could definitely be suspicious if you don't know what you're looking at. So anyway, um, I just thought that was funny. I was just like, man, this guy's very, very thorough, very thorough. And then at dawn's, I see uh, one of the, the I see one of the uh, the PR people from the Hard Rock. I'm like, oh, that's right. Donald Trump is here today. The, and they were telling me, they were saying like Secret Service had been there since Wednesday um, to prep for having a president i was very curious about that like what is that situation what like what is that that like to to prep for the 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 former president that is going to be there i wonder how much more it gets tapered down uh per president because i know they always have secret service with them but i'm like i wonder like is it like if they're going to a huge event that they're publicized for is it like ramped up even more or like, do they lose like? Do they only have a few guys compared to like, like if Biden was there tonight? Does he have like the A team and Trump gets like some B team Secret Service guys? I wonder what the situation is with that. I would like. To, I'm I'm very fascinated by presidential security. Yeah, as far as the rest of the cards, nothing really stood out, man. I mean, it was it, it really it was kind of a ho hum night. Uh, the rest of the way, like I said, I thought Anderson Silva that was the had the moment of the night. I thought that he looked uh, he looked good against Tito. Now, Tito didn't look great, and Tito's not known for his striking. And Tito kind of just got him in the corner there, and I don't think he really knew what to do. And Anderson just was waiting, 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 bobbing, weaving, and just caught him with one and, and sent Tito. I was I had a perfect view for it because it was in it was in the ring post that was right near where my seats were, and sent Tito like right into the ring post. I was like, ooh, this is gonna end badly, and it did, and it did. Anderson looks good. Anderson's cool. It was, it was, he was like, see, the thing is, like, Anderson's still at that age. I think if you're a boxing fan, right, and you had that nostalgia, oh, I want to see Holyfield. Whatever you hoped you were going to see from Holyfield tonight as a UFC fan, because I love both sports, but as a guy who loves Anderson Silva and his entertaining fights and all that type of stuff, he gave you what I think all the boxing fans that were probably hoping they were going to get from Evander Holyfield. Anderson kind of gave that to me tonight because I was like, oh, man. That was because, you you know, Anderson didn't have a great end to his UFC career. So you kind of got to see him do it and do something like Spider Silva-esque against Tito Ortiz. It was kind of cool. That was, it, that was like the positive fight thing of the night was seeing Anderson Silva uh, send Tito Ortiz into the ring post. That was legit cool. I really, really enjoyed that. So, um you know, that's kind of your yeah. There's not there not much else to to recap of the night. It was a very interesting an interesting night for sure. Not a night that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm never gonna forget that night. Like I'm never gonna forget that night. But it's kind of like the time I went to see little people wrestling, and I feel like I never walked out the same. It's kind of like that. Like I was like, man, Anderson, Evander Holyfield shouldn't have been fighting. That's the way I mostly felt. So I've sent. That was cool. There's definitely a lot of stars there. Saw James Johnson, former he forward now of the Brooklyn Nets. 
Uh, saw saw my guy Harold King Calderon. Get tell you what you want to fill up, you know. And I know this is the thing they had they had a dude from Cali, uh, Andy Vences, who's uh, you know he was going to be fighting and have probably a little hometown contingent. But next time they have actually have some time. Get Andy, get get Harold in there, man. Harold will, Harold will have that place rocking. He's already done it with a venue that was even bigger at the Hard Rock. So you know, I uh, I really think they should give him a shot. I think that. If you're gonna add a little bit of uh, add a little bit of uh, local flavor, if you come back down here, he's the guy to go to. I'm really hoping that he can get on a big stage, and uh, seems like James Johnson's in with those guys tight there. So help your guy out, man. Get a connect him with the right people. Connect him with the right people. He deserves it. He deserves it. Uh, speaking of guys locally that I'm really happy for, uh, we get to uh, Xander Zayas and his performance. So Xander the other day, he was uh, he was on Friday night. And he was in Arizona. He was on the Oscar Valdez card, which was uh, had a lot of controversy around it, you know, because of Oscar Valdez. And we'll get into that too. But uh, Xander was in this. Uh, Xander was the featured prelim before they got to the main card, and it was kind of cool because they gave him. Uh, you know, it, it was interesting watching him because, you know, we've seen this kid since he was sixteen. The first time we got to interview him. And you see him now, and he's 19. You're just, man, that's still so. He just turned 19 this week. And you're just like, man, that's still so young. He's so young. He's got so much boxing in front of him. But this was uh, this was a legit test for him, man. It really was. Jose Luis Sanchez was game. He was tough. He moved, uh, you know, uh, Xander moved up in weight. He moved to 154, which I don't know how the hell he was making 147. I see the kid. The kid's, big, you know, he's he's a big kid. He's a big kid. And. I mean, I think he's he's probably gonna end up being a middleweight, to be honest with you. Like he's just he's just big. He's got a lot of muscle on him. He's nineteen and he's already moving up to a weight class. And you know, it, he, he just he, he was uh, it, yeah. I can't imagine he was gonna be long for one forty seven. So it's cool that he's moving up. And obviously, you know, you're gonna be testing about whether or not people can take your shots. Um, but I thought this from him from his standpoint was such an important fight because. Uh, Sanchez was tough, man. Sanchez could take some big shots. I think one of the things that sucks, though, is like his knockdown. Uh, we'll give the credit to the broadcast. The broadcast, uh, you know, they did catch that. It seemed like he caught him, but he caught him in the third round, I think it was. And it was called a slip by the refs. And we're like, slip? That was kind of a weird slip. And he caught him with this check hook that just really sounded down. It was lightning quick. And he has like this snarl. So. I thought it was cool though because they get, they gave Xander on the broadcast just like a lot of love, like they, they you know, and not just like not. I don't mean that just like they were just kissing ass because ass because uh, to be honest with you, Tim Bradley and Andrew Ward they had some good criticisms for the guy or had some fair criticisms for for Xander as far as things he can work on. But it was cool to see him get that. I shouldn't really say love. I should say shine. It was cool to see him get that shine and. Uh, you know, he ended up winning a a shutout decision. It, it's also weird. It was only a you know it should be mentioned. This is a six round fight. You know, he's now ten and zero. And um, if it was gonna go seven eight, I think he probably would have found a way to get him out of there. If it was you know your standard boxing match uh, length, but it was it was what it was. You know, it was it was what it was, and the and he ended up having a really good performance. I thought he. Got to learn some things. I think I think he's going to take away a lot from this fight. I really do. And um, 
you know, the idea now is, is he going to be prospect of the year? He got four fights in. I don't know how many guys got four fights in this year, uh, especially on the high level that he did and the kind of uh, stage that he was on for his last one. So um, really, really good performance from Xander. So South Florida, keep an eye on him. And uh, if you haven't seen him fight yet, you know, it's uh, it's about high time that you do. It's about high time that you do. We're going to do a little bit of the Valdez fight. And when we come back, hear a little bit from Jordanis Ugas as I was down in Miami this weekend. Well, I'm in Miami every day for work, but I was down in uh, in Coconut Grove. I was down at City Hall for a uh, a really cool ceremony. Jordanis Ugas got himself the key to the city. We'll tell you about that next. All right, welcome back, everybody. Tobin's Fight Show here on 7-9 The Ticket. Let's get into a little bit more boxing. Been a very boxing-heavy show today. I do realize that. I do realize that it was a... It was a I mean, listen, boxing in, a, in the loosest of terms, I guess we could say. A lot of guys were wearing boxing gloves tonight, but it wasn't the uh, at least the purest night of the sweet science. But listen, sometimes you get some wacky nights. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Next week, we will have a little bit more. I'm actually really excited about Bellator next week. Because you got Bellator 266 coming on up, and it is the debut, the Bellator debut of Yoel Romero, and he's taking on Phil Davis. Now, remember, his original debut was supposed to be against uh, it was supposed to be against uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson. I was super excited for that one, but now we have Yoel Romero making his debut next week in San Jose, California. I wish that fight was down here. That that is legitimately, I wish they would have put Yoel's fight down here. I think that would have. Uh, Made a whole hell of a lot of a sense, uh, a whole hell of a lot of sense, and I really thought when we talked to Scott Coker, I thought that that was the direction they were going to go in. But uh, looking forward to it next week. I will definitely be tuning into that. That'll be on Friday, uh, or is it Friday or Saturday next week? Today, no, it's Saturday actually. Excuse me, Saturday next week on Showtime, nine o'clock. Uh, Yoel Romero taking on Phil Davis. Fun fight. Fun fight for sure. Um, before we go, we will. Uh, I want to get to speaking of Yoel. I want to get to my interview with Yordanis uh, Ugas before we end today's show because it did go down to City Hall this week. Uh, but I'll give you a couple thoughts on Oscar Valdez's win over Hobson Kinsaysal. Uh I thought that um, he did win. I, I, I don't disagree with the fact that he won the fight. I do think it started turning for Kinsaysal. Um probably about six rounds in i think it really did flip i thought that he looked good early on in that fight um one of the cards was 117 110 i thought that was you know i think that was a little bit uh a a little bit too much as far as uh as far as the scorecards was concerned i thought that could say so definitely built up enough uh they should be closer than that you know for valdez i think it's tough for him you know he's got a he had so much controversy surrounding him this week so no one's gonna feel sorry for him he also had the backing of that crowd, uh, which supposedly it was like a hundred degrees there. It was it was a, a tough environment to to fight through anyway. Um, you know, so you got to get through this week if you're him. I, I can understand it not being the prettiest performances uh, at all, but you know, it got very heated afterwards. I, you can understand why Hobson was uh, was so upset with uh, with uh, with everything that went down this week. You know, you think that. You got it, and you're in a tough position of him because you want to not only fight for the belt, but you want to get your big payday. You want to be on ESPN, all that type of stuff. But also, you want to feel like the fighter that you're fighting um, is fighting on the level. And uh, you know, it's tough. It's it was a tough week for boxing in, in general because even with Valdez, who I think uh, had a, such a huge positive 
rating going into this title defense with everything that overshadowed it with the drug test it is tough to not it is tough to just be like thinking about oh good you know a a guy can can move on to his next thing without all the questions that he has to answer but unfortunately for oscar I think the thing that you're not going to get a lot of sympathy in this case because, like, that's the toughest thing that you have to deal with is, okay, you're not getting your title stripped. You're not getting suspended. You're not even getting the fight delayed. Everything's coming at the same time. What do you have to deal with? A couple of tough questions. In the scheme of things, not so bad. And I do think that, as you've seen with the stable with Canelo Alvarez, you know, a lot of people brought up the fact, and especially Caleb Plant. We talked about this last week. Caleb Plant bringing up the fact that that entire camp's dirty, all that type of stuff, but really, in the scheme of things, it hasn't hurt Canelo Alvarez one iota. It re- it hasn't. It ha- if anything, you know, uh, just like Gennady Golovkin kind of just ate it and took the big payday, and the nod went to Gennady Golovkin, and you know, I-, I think it's probably a big reason we haven't had a third fight. But I think that's by Canelo's doing. I don't think that's because Triple G won't fight him. So. It's tough to feel bad for Oscar in this case. Look, I, I don't know how the, the the thing ended up at er, herbal tea or, you know, he was, you know, juicing with Canelo between sessions. Who knows how it happened? Maybe they had bad, bad meat together. I don't know. But uh, in the scheme of things, him having to answer a couple skeptical questions, like I'm not going to sit here boohooing for Oscar Valdez because he had to answer uh, a couple tough questions about how something banned ended up in his system, and he really faced no consequences for it. Um, but anyway, let's move on. I want to get to my interview with Jordanis Ugas. I got a chance to go down to City Hall this week. Very cool moment for him. Went down there Tuesday this week. He received the key to the city, and uh, a very cool thing for him as he is, you guys don't know Jordanis's uh, story, he is, uh, he is Cuban, and he beat Manny Pacquiao a couple of weeks back. Um and really beat him good. You know, Manny had some things to say with this fight where I which I didn't like. I talked about this last week on last week's episode if you missed the podcast where Manny was saying he always got one of the easiest styles I've ever faced and you know uh, my legs just couldn't function and all that. I don't want to hear that, Manny. You know, like I, I love Manny Pacquiao as one of my favorite boxers of all time. He's probably you know top two all time in my mind as far as just my favorite guys to watch. But, you know, when he loses, he does have excuses for days. That is, There's no doubt about that. Um, and I thought the thing that it bummed me out about it is it's not just that saying that, oh, my legs didn't work fine. He said a little bit of that in the ring. After. It's saying it's, it's, it's disregarding how good your Danny Sugas was in that performance. I thought that he was really good. He shut down Manny Pacquiao and he shut down and he shut both of his eyes where his wife spoon feeded him afterwards. So. I think for your Danny's to get this kind of an honor was really, really cool. So it was cool being there for that. And it was cool getting a chance to talk to him a little bit about that and everything uh, emotionally about what this win meant for him. So here's my conversation with your Danny's Ugas. Here with the WBA welterweight champion of the world, Jordanis Ugas. Felicidades, Jordanis, on getting the key to the city. Um, this has to be a huge honor for you. How excited were you when you got the news that this was going to happen? Eh, muy emocionado, eh, muy emocionado recibir la llave que me acogió a mí, que le ha dado libertad y de hecho a nosotros los cubanos, y bien orgulloso. I was, I was so excited and so moved by the honor, and it's the fact that I get this key for having represented Cubans and their fight for freedom that means the most to me. 
Yo, Dennis, was it ever hard during training camp, training, knowing what was going on in Cuba? I mean, you had people in the streets of Miami, you know, trying to bring awareness about what was going on at the time. Was it ever hard for you during camp in this fight? Focusing on the fight. Te costó el estar entrenando mientras sabías que todo todo este lío estaba sucediendo y de que además están todos los cubanos protestando en Miami mientras vos estabas preparando para la pelea. Sí, eh, algo que pensaba todos los días en eso. Pude ir a Washington a protestar, pude estar en alguna protesta porque la libertad de mi país y mi país importa mucho y pude estar en algunas manifestaciones. Eso. It was absolutely on top of mind every single day. It wasn't a distraction, but it was something that I was truly aware of. I was able to go to Washington, D.C. and join the protests. At one point, I was able to join some of the movement that happened, and it meant a lot to me to be able to do that. It wasn't a distraction to the fight. It was something that motivated me even more. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about putting Patria Vida on your, sh on your trunks? Um, when did you make that decision and, and just the feedback that you got from it when you sent that message to, to everybody after your victory against Manny Pacquiao? When did you decide that you were going to put Patria Vida on your shorts? And what did you tell people after seeing that you did that? We were Cuban, all the Cubans who want a better country, we were very proud. And yes, that song has united a lot of the Cubans. Cuando decimos patria de vida, han unido mucho y, y siempre supe que le iba a poner en el show desde que esa canción salió. Uh, it's a message, a song that unifies us all, and every Cuban that wants a better future for our country was proud of me for having for having done that. It's something that unifies us, and I was able to show the world what means a lot to Cuba with that message, patria y vida, which means country and life. How does it compare getting a key to your city of Miami now? to winning a championship. Is there a comparable feeling about how much joy you get for either one? What does it mean for the city of Miami and for Cuba that you have won this championship? Do you feel that it elevates the significance of this success? Yes, it elevates the Cuban voice and my platform has been my platform. My message is heard more. My message is liberty. The life is heard the most possible. Uh, the most important thing about this championship is that my platform grew and that my message is going to get heard louder and bigger than ever. Patria y vida, country and life, and the freedom of my people is what, I, what matters to me the most. And that's why this key to the city is also uh, an accomplishment that I'm really proud of. Final one. Um, obviously, if you get a win like this, you get a lot of uh, status. It means a lot to your boxing career. If you had the choice, no politics in boxing, who do you want next? Do you want a Pacquiao rematch? Do you want Errol Spence, Terence Crawford? If you could just make it happen through a boxing, uh, for, through through whatever you want, which fight would you want next? Olvídate de la política de boxeo. Si puedes decir, apuntas a uno y le decís, te quiero a vos la próxima. ¿A quién querés? Pacquiao, Spence, Thurman u otro? Bueno, puedo, sí, puede ser Pacquiao o Spence. Son dos peleadores. Pacquiao con una, una leyenda. Dale a la revancha. O Spence que tiene dos campeonatos. Dos peleas buenas. Uh, bring Pacquiao or Spence, either one. Pacquiao is a legend. He has earned the right to have a rematch. If he wants it, it's there. If not, give me Spence because he has two belts. And, you know, why not? Let's go for all three. Thanks to your Dennis for the time, and thank you to uh, Martin Bitter for setting that up. I really, really appreciate that with him inviting me down to the ceremony and uh, everything that was involved there. Really, really cool. If you guys didn't see the key ceremony, you guys can go to my YouTube page. Uh, go to youtube.com slash Tobin Show. And it's I put up a lot of stuff this week, but it'll be easy to see. Go into the uh, the fight playlist, uh, fight interview playlist. And you'll be able to see him uh, receiving the key to the city. Thanks for the sh uh, tuning in for the show this week, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.